0: Hi guys, Catherine here. In case you're wondering, yes, I am still recording from my bedroom closet. This season, we've been catching up with chefs and restaurant owners about what reopening in Boston has meant for them and finding out how we can show our love and support to these small businesses that play such a vital role in our community. There's so much passion and ingenuity that goes into keeping a restaurant afloat during a pandemic. And I hope you will join us to hear how things are going. By the way, We know it's difficult to navigate the restaurant scene through the coronavirus era. So we are here to help. Check out our takeout guide and patio guide on thefoodlens.com. We are really excited and optimistic that Boston restaurants are starting to reopen. On this week's episode, I'm chatting with Mohamed Elzeen. He is the owner of Muna Restaurant in Inman Square, Cambridge. And of course, I want to hear all about the reopening, uh, their new patio, but I also want to ask him about the relief efforts he's been organizing for Beirut. He is Lebanese, and he has gathered together a lot of Boston restaurateurs to help him um, raise money for the relief efforts after those terrible explosions in Beirut. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to share a little bit about Life Alive. There are several locations now, but I have been going to the Cambridge location for many years. They were kind of the OG grain bowl smoothie place in the Boston area, and I just love anything with their nama shoyu sauce, including the Adventure Bowl or any of their tasty smoothies or juices. And the good news is they're now offering meal plans to help us eat a little bit healthier, during quarantine and stay well. And for TFL listeners, you can get 15% off any one of their meal plans. So these are mix and match. You can have dessert if you want to. There's entrees and sides. Take your pick and head over to lifealive.com, enter promo code TFL15 at checkout, and that will give you 15% off your order. That's lifealive.com, enter promo code TFL15. Hi, Mo. How are you today?
1: I'm doing well, thank you.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I feel like there's a lot to talk about. I mean, with every restaurant owner, it's such an incredibly challenging time. Um, and then with your connection to Beirut, it's just an even more difficult time. Uh, and, and you also are doing some things to, to help the cause. So I guess let's start, let's start with that. How, how are you? How is your family? Um, and then let's get into to your involvement.
1: Thank you. Um, pleasure to be with you. Um, and family is doing well. Um, I'm doing well. We are navigating through this pandemic, and um, you know what what happened in Beirut was a disaster, and a catastrophe that um, you know that we're we're all dealing with, and. Uh, before this catastrophe even happened, um, you know, we, we were already going through political instability, an economic crisis, Corona, and then this explosion happened. So it's 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 one thing after the other. Um, we live in a neighborhood in Beirut that's right next to downtown called Ashrafieh, and. Um, My mother was at home at the time standing in front of the windows Um, thankfully she was actually standing next to the windows and not sitting down on the couch because the entire frame um, for all the windows came down on her it would have come down on her if she was sitting down on the couch Um, she was able to pivot when the explosion happened and so she just got shards of glass that went into her leg and a few stitches uh, my brother and father at the time were downstairs and so you know they rushed upstairs and kind of moved a lot of the debris out of the way but thankfully that's all that happened um, was a few stitches for my mom and you know we had to redo all the framework um, and you know all the broken glass and everything, all the furniture that was in that area of the house. But, you know, we're grateful to all be safe and sound and, you know, we're rebuilding. But um, we're in a, you know, we're, we're in a much better spot than a lot of other people are. So I'm just grateful that, you know, everybody's safe.
0: Yeah, it's such an un, it's sort of an unthinkable thing to have happen. And, you know, being in the midst of a pandemic, everyone is very uh, involved you know, with their own way that they're absorbing the news cycle in in our own communities. Um, Generally, of course, this is more of like a Boston food podcast, but I just want to know from your perspective, what is your family's um, read on on the recovery and, you know, how is the city doing?
1: Um, So in terms of the recovery, there's a lot of um, efforts internationally right now um, going on, even... Um, even in our hospitality community, there's a lot going on in terms of, you know, Jose Andreas going down there uh, with his mission, everything he's doing. Um, There's people on the ground like uh, Kamal Mzawa, who has um, taulat, and um, it's kind of a, a farmer's market collaboration where he gets people and You know, farmers as well as cooks from all around the country and focuses on seasonality and, you know, dishes and helping refugees um, through hospitality. And so Jose Andreas is working closely with him. Um, And we've just had a lot of success with the community here as well in Boston as well as nationally in the US. We've had restaurants now in New York City, in Portland, Oregon, in Washington, D.C., that are starting to join uh, the movement in terms of, um, you know, helping out. The nice thing in the city of Boston is um, it all started with a conversation with um, through Facebook with a few friends. One of them, uh, his name is Habib Haddad, and Habib uh, went to school here and did a few, interna- uh, a few startups, um, and he's currently... Um, He's currently with the E. Um, he's currently with the um, E14 Fund and MIT Lab, and his wife Hala. Um, she is also a managing director of MIT Solve, and then there's um, um, Hashim Sarkis, who is the um, dean of architecture at um, MIT and his wife, Diala, who is the CEO of Airbase Breathing Company. So the four of them who are friends and Hala and my wife um, actually went to grad school together. And so we all have this um, affiliation with each other. We just contacted each other and started to say, how could we do something where we get the Boston community, hospitality community involved? Um, And the approach Towards this is more of a you know, um, a, uh, a, conver- a starting a conversation where saying hey, do you love Lebanese cuisine? Do you love Lebanese food? Um, and if you do, you know we're, we're we want to do this Beirut box inspired um, theme where you have Lebanese inspired dishes from all restaurants going into this box where the proceeds are going to go back to help efforts um, on the ground in Beirut. And a lot of restaurants were just so happy to be able to help, even though they need help themselves. But um, everybody just said, "Hey, you know what?" Um, they need these people need more help than 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 we do right now, and so how how and what can we do to uh, dedicate some of our efforts and proceeds to help and you know just a little bit from each restaurant at the end it's going to add up to a lot
0: I mean that's what's been so even before you know the Beirut crisis something that struck me during all these conversations is hospitality folks um, it's in their blood to be generous, I think. I mean, there's never been a more difficult time to be a business owner in the hospitality space, yet every person I talk to is finding some way to, to be generous and give back to others, whether it's funds for their own, you know, employees or baking bread for no kid hungry like they're doing at Pammy's or this Bay Root Box that you're doing or off their plate. It's just so striking that, you know, that is the that is the response. It's not to you know, batten down the hatches and just worry about yourself and your own business. It's, it seems like it's always to be generous. Um, and it's such an an important community. So I know Anna Sorten and her restaurants have been involved. Uh, where can we, where's the best way to find out exactly what's going on with the Beirut Box and how we can get involved? Is there a website?
1: Great question. So yes, there is. It's beirutbox.org. So once you go on to beirutbox.org, you're going to get... Um, all the information about the nonprofit organization, um, and it's a five hundred one uh, c three organization, which will donate one hundred percent of proceeds directly to vetted local non governmental organizations providing local, um, providing relief assistance on the ground over there. And um, what what folks need to know is that when you do go to participating restaurants. You will be able to identify what you know what the Beirut Box is, and you could order from it. However, if you wish to donate more, uh, you're able to do so on BeirutBox.org. Um, great, yeah,
0: that's great. Well, we'll definitely you know share the link in our show notes and make sure that listeners can eat the delicious food and also hopefully. Um, make a donation, and you know, thank you for for everything you're doing. Uh, I also want to talk about Muna. Uh, but sorry, is there anything before we before we jump over to your restaurant? Is there anything else that you wanted to share about Beirut or the issue?
1: Yes, I did want to say one thing to um one thing to keep an eye out on that we're trying to make um a fun um hospitality themed thing with the Beirut box is that there's a lot of You know, just like we have a lot of things in Boston here that are staples that have been iconic and around for a long time, like where to go have oysters or, you know, where to go get the best, I don't know, BLT. And so in Beirut, we've got, you know, the best falafel place, the best shawarma place. And so what we're doing is uh, starting challenges to say, hey, do you want to challenge the Sahyun brothers who make like the best falafel in Lebanon? Or do you want to, you know, who's accepting the challenge this week? So we're making it more of a fun themed approach to having, and and it's like places Anthony Bourdain has been to, places that Chris Chris Kimball from Milk Street has been to, which we filmed a show there together. So, um, so keep your eye out for that. Um, making it a, a more of a fun thing to have that connectivity with. Um, but yeah, about Muna, you were you were asking.
0: Yeah, that's all, and it's funny. So I live um, in the Union Square area, and I've eaten there a couple times and loved it. And I actually work with Chris. I'm on his TV show and do radio and stuff with him. Uh, and so I that's know that awesome. Chris and Melissa are, are big fans of yours, even before before you guys did the show. So t- talk to me about Muna. Um, you know what what's happening over there these days.
1: No, absolutely. So at MUNA, we've, like many of um, our fellow hospitality, you know, restaurant, family, and in, in, in the city of Cambridge and Boston, as we've adapted and figured out a patio space, um, at the beginning, of course, after lockdown, we were in a takeout mode, um, or during lockdown, we were in takeout mode, and then when we opened the patio, we had to revisit um and reassess how our menu is. Now it's not going in boxes, it's going on plates. And so now, you know, we had to do a hybrid that worked for both. Um, and right now what we're doing is really thinking about fall and winter and what we could do to prolong the fall season while also thinking about what options we have for winter um, and what the best ROI is based on where we're putting our money. Um, You know, and aside from that, we're really, you know, focusing on how could we be contributors to the local community. So, um, you know, Langwater Farm, like, you know, in the hospitality business, our purveyors that we're working with, whether they're fishermen, whether they're farmers here locally, um, how have they been impacted since less restaurants are ordering from them and what more can we do to help them and order from them in order to sustain their health and well-being as well because if we don't have good ingredients we we can't do our jobs right um so it really starts with the source so we're dealing with wolf fish we're dealing with langwater farm we're dealing with a few you know other purveyors we just uh About a month ago, signed on Tipping Cow out of Somerville. It's an Mm -hmm. African American-owned business. David is an amazing man, um, doing a lot of locally sourced ingredients and organic. Um, You know, he just uh, came up with a vanilla uh, plum cardamom um, ice cream for us and a lemon mint sorbet that are absolutely delicious. And so, you know, we're we're just thinking. It's been so hard on everybody. Um, we're all trying to stay afloat, and um, I, I think that there was one person that said, "You know, the hospitality community is like the band in the Titanic that continues to play the music as the as the yeah. band is sinking." And it really is that way. And so I felt, you know, I you know the the most um, gratifying thing in this whole process, I think, for us as a hospitality community, is to take a step back and say. You know, everybody's suffering, but what can we do to, you know, um, help our team and ourselves be in a better kind of morale, mental well-being and all that? And I think it's really being a part of the community, helping and giving back as much as you can. Um, And that for us has has been like the most healing process. Um, And it really... You know, with this whole Beirut box and and supporting our friends over at Tipping Cow and Langwater, you 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 know, farm. You really get to see a lot of people um, that appreciate that that come back to your restaurant because they see that your message is true and organic, um, and they want to help. And so we've we've seen a lot of support from the community.
0: Yeah,
1: in terms of that.
0: And. I'm curious how, and I've been asking this question kind of a lot lately, you know, when I first started doing this new season where instead of, you know, us hanging out in person and talking about how great the restaurant (laughs) industry is, it was a lot of, um, you know, triage people kind of figuring out what do you do in this moment? And I'm getting the sense now, a lot of people are, you know, as you mentioned, trying to think a little bit more long term. and I'm wondering, you know, where is your head at, um, as far as long-term planning or how are you, how are you approaching things now maybe differently than you were back in March or April when you're thinking about, you know, what the future of your business looks like?
1: Very good question. So, um, I think in terms of, you know, how we're thinking about things is, um, really based on the recession, um, forward slash depression we're going into, I think that people are going to be a little bit more price conscious, and I think that it's um, very short-sighted to say, well, you know, our market is going to, you know, our percentage of, or our clientele is going to remain, you know, our clientele, or uh, to think that the way that you were operating before is, is going to come back anytime soon, I think right now. Um, takeout is something that's really important Um, with schools coming back uh, some of them are going to be remote some of them are going to be in person some are going to adapt a hybrid model Um, but you know you have to take a lot of factors into consideration you know the population of Boston for residents it's about 700,000 and then pre-COVID you had A few million that commuted and worked in the city of Boston. From those you have 300,000 students that are not around and a percentage of them has come back and so you really have to think a lot of people are working remotely, a lot of students are working remotely, not all of them can afford off-campus housing and continue their you know graduate PhD or undergraduate undergraduate degrees as well as all the um, you know teachers and uh, that are affiliated with these academic institutions. So How's that going to impact us? We're going to have less, um, obviously less um, people in the area. And we have to think about our outreach, like what can we do with takeout? What are we going to do when outdoor dining stops um, in the months of December through March? And it's really for us going back into a takeout model and I mean, whatever kind of tent we're going to build outside, I'm not sure if tents are going to be tolerable uh, regardless of what kind of heating you put in there, uh, January through March. And so,
0: building an igloo, yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, I think the forward thinking is to say, how can we improve our revenue centers? Um, like, we're thinking right now about opening for lunch because people are going to be working from home. Um, mm-hmm. People with kids are going to be working from home. You're not going to be wanting to stop what you're doing while you're managing your kids or work or life and cook, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you want things to be fast, um, inexpensive, good quality, efficient. And so we're thinking about lunch, we're thinking about uh, small caterings, we're thinking about pre we're thinking about COVID weddings that are smaller. So we're thinking mm-hmm. about ways to supplement when the patio closes down and you have limited seating inside? What what can we do to plant seeds now? And also coming, you know, going back to school for families and packages and, and things like that. So that's kind of what we're yeah. thinking about.
0: Okay. Something else I want so, you know, of course, we all hopefully are always thinking about where our food dollars are going, but more than ever since the pandemic, I've thought a lot about, you know every time I'm, I make the choice to go out to eat or get takeout, like, where are these dollars going? And my husband was walking home from MIT where he works the other day and was like, we have got to go to Muna. Like I was looking, he has something about his family and the thing. And I can't believe we haven't been yet. And, you know, tell me a little bit about whatever it was you stuck in the window. Cause I haven't actually seen it yet. And who, like, who, what are we supporting and who are we supporting when we make the choice to, to dine with you guys?
1: Very, very good question. So, um, first, first of all, you're supporting a small local business um, that is supporting other uh, members of the community. That whether they be, you know, a farm, an ice cream parlor, um, you know, the guy who's bringing me my olive oil that has a business here but has olive grows back back in Lebanon. Um, you know, you're. You know, we're. Um, we're always doing things with our. You know, marketing team over at um, IUC, Image Unlimited Communications, and JP over there. Um, you know, Dana Farber uh, Walk for hunger. Um, a lot of schools and churches that are close by in the area that we always donate to. Being members of uh, the neighborhood organization. Uh, Jason Alves has been a huge help um, with the East Cambridge Business Association. And then you have the Economic Reform Board in Cambridge, um, you know, with um, Paradise and Christine, who have been amazing through this whole process. So, you know, you're really helping a small business, a small family-owned business, not, you know, a huge corporate chain that... Um, is trying to do things with um, individuality, um, you know, just grassroots, local community. Um, yeah, so that's that's who you're supporting.
0: And and of course, now I also want to talk about the food and your background because I, you know, I know that you're Lebanese. Obviously, your family is still there. Tell me a little bit about the food that we can expect at um, Muna, and a little bit about your background.
1: Absolutely. So. Um, I'm originally Lebanese. I've been here for now the majority of my life in the U.S. Um, and my kids I'm, my kids are five and seven. I have a son. His name is Omar. He's five. My daughter, Nuda, is seven. Um, and my wife, Layla, who I met over here, um, I did meet her at one of my restaurants, full disclosure. <laughs> and... Um, You know, um, I came here in 97, Um, I came here to school and I graduated with a finance degree and I discovered while I was in school, supplementing my income, working at um, a French bistro, doing wine tastings every week and, um, you know, learning everything from A to Z, from being a host to being a server. Um, you know, worked as a as a busser at one point, um, a floor manager. Is this in Boston. This was in Boston. So I started the, I started with the Aquitaine or Acutaine ah, restaurant yes. group back in ninety um, seven, and then I helped open Aquitaine and Chestnut Hill, and then I went back into the city um, um, to do a consulting project with them and Armani Cafe back in the day. And then I um, left that position and went on to work for Jody Adams for about a year. And um, then after that, I you know, was part of the MASA group. We had a South End location and one out in the Winchester-Weuben area. And yeah, then, then I did MUNA. But you know, my background is um I came here as an immigrant with or a student and an immigrant with two hundred dollars and you know, my first semester of school paid for and and then I continued everything, um, working hard, studying hard, graduated and here I am with, you know, a family and a small business. And um, you know, in terms of MUNA, um for all these years in hospitality, um, I worked up the ranks. Um, you know, working for people that graduated from the Connor Institute of America, uh, worked for people that were James Beard Award winners, and I took the route of working in places to really learn as much as I possibly can about the business before opening one and having a good kind of foundation in terms of having an undergraduate degree. And um, from from there, I felt like. About four years ago in 2016, I was ready to pursue my passion, which is um, all the food that I grew up with coupled with the experience that I gained um, in the city of Boston and opened MUNA as a test for that concept. I wanted to really brand it first and open something super small um, where I wasn't taking too much risk. And um, the focus on it was to be based on the Arabic pantry and really focusing on the use of whole spices and pickling and jams and you know, the boutique olive oils and really sourcing all those things and making nice spice blends. And um, then you get things that are local and seasonal, making it into that pantry and coming out with that Arabic or Middle Eastern flavor profile. Uh, so if we're doing you know, uh, blacks you know black stripers you know in the summertime we're rubbing Turkish fish spice fish spice on them and then uh, grilling them and you know putting putting just simply like lemon juice oregano you know olive oil mint um, on the fish doing things like coleslaw but with tahini you know instead of mayo. Um, you know, doing fritters, but putting feta cheese in them and, and, and currants, making grape leaves, um, um, you know, a specific style. There's so many different kinds of grape leaves that you could make. Um, you know, fatouche salad and what goes in there seasonally, like, you know, what are we using now? Are we using heirloom tomatoes? Are we using beets in it? Um, and so that's kind of what you see on the menu. You see things that are going to be changing seasonally. And trying to, you know, see how we can incorporate things that are near and dear in New England to us um, with that Middle Eastern flair. So that's kind of that's that's pretty much the concept of the restaurant.
0: That's awesome. I'm very much looking forward to coming and sitting in the new patio. Which I am. So, I was so sad to hear of Inman Oasis closing. Um, rest in peace. But you have a nice little tribute to them on your on your new patio.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we we called it uh, Muna Oasis Patio. Um, And we also have two two trees. We've got a bunch of uh, palm trees that we got, but there's two specifically that are mandevilla forward forward slash hibiscus plants. We called one of them Joe and we called the other one (laughs) Jenny. Um, And Joe and Jenny were the owners and um, they've grown and blossomed really nicely. Um, So that was a tribute to them as well.
0: That's a sweet story. Well, well, Mo, I think this is that's kind of it for my questions. But you know, we'll definitely be checking out the Beirut box. Definitely supporting you guys at Muna. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to share about you know the business or, or really anything before we sign off?
1: No, I just I just wanted to say that you know people can in the city of Boston um, just can continue showing their support. Um, think of all of us in the hospitality community. Think of ordering takeout and think of coming and safely dining in our establishments out on the patio.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mo. Take care.
1: Thank you. Take care.
0: Bye-bye.